Oh yeah, chopper suit come. I'm just kidding. What's up, y'all? It's your boy DJ Eight Ball Mall. Well, you can just call me Jamal. I'm with Dan the Man, 100 Grand. How you living, man? I'm coming at you all the way live on roller skates and a yo-yo, man. What do you think? I'm living lovely. You dig? I feel hey, I like sugar free. I see you keeping it real old school, man. I haven't played with a yo-yo in a minute. I might cop one this weekend. Oh, man. Hey, fun, man. It's old school, you know? I'm old school. You know, I was born 1990, you know? Back when we had pay phones. You remember that? Yeah, I remember the uh, ATT collect commercials. I think Carrot Top used to go. Do you remember arcades? You have to walk down to play video games? You know that lifestyle? Yeah, man, I've been in the arcades the last few weeks. I went again, you know what I'm saying? So, oh, hell yeah. Boy, you got balled up again? A little bit, but no, I, I redeemed myself. <laughs> yeah, this guy is lost on the court. Tony, I redeemed redeem myself in basketball, and I redeemed myself, redeem myself in air hockey. She didn't win once in air hockey. But this boy got balled up. Anyways, chopper suit convos. We got a lot to talk about today. It might sound erratic it might sound a little out there spaced out what's that name of wale's first album add attention deficit chill yeah did that was that a good concept no well maybe it'll be better for this podcast because we about to go on some random places like the first idea we had was you know no 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 let me handle this let me handle this Oh. The first thing we about to talk about um, a few weeks ago, we were talking about college football. It was literally last week. You see how lost you are talking about a few weeks ago. It was last week. Anyways, Dan was saying how he believes that the ACC is a dead conference. He has no respect for them in the foot as far as football goes. Yep. He's hating on the ACC. He thinks it's all about the SEC. He thinks it's all about the Big Twelve. Nah, I've in the Big Ten. No, no, this is what it was. Yeah, I thought the ACC was Rudy Pooh, but the real truth was... Wait, wait, no, don't give it to him yet. Wait. It was Nah, it was the Big 12. The Big 12 was what I thought the ACC was. The Big and you jumping the gun quick. Trash, yeah, because let's hurry up. Like I said, we getting this stuff out the way because I want to talk about music. I don't even give a damn about this. Let's hurry up and do these teams. We had an idea to talk about 7-on-7, seven seven, but Jamal realized that's too simple to talk about this because we know sports is more complex than skill positions, but the skill positions are what brings simpletons like myself attention because I don't give a damn about offense and defensive line play. I don't know how good a linebacker is, but I can see how tight a wide receiver or running back is. So hey, let's, offensive let's, line let's, play let's hurry up, man. You go offensive through. line play is important. I care about offensive I, line play. Obviously, it's important. Nobody would have time to do anything. It's just not cool. Like, this guy yeah. asked me once, is Trent Williams a Hall of Famer? I don't know, nigga. I never watched him. He is. He is. Trent. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I can't wait for one of my re- – can I just get a sports retraction out the way? Go ahead. Well, my sports retraction – damn it, I thought I wrote it down. Anyways, yeah. I have to uh, – apologize to the great um mr uh art monk um he he's a pure legend um i learned myself about art monk and um damn it i didn't write down the stats but they were great i think he might have got i don't know if he got the triple crown but he he broke oh he broke the receptions record i think yeah he played a long time no but i think he broke the receptions record in the 80s at the time 
Yeah, he played a long time. Was he drafted in the 70s? He was drafted in 1980. He didn't break it until, what, the late 80s, maybe? So what, nigga? Anyways. That's not that tight. Yeah, it is. What are you talking about? How's that not tight? You have the receptions record? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, you were good for a long time. Anyways, I think he. I'm, I think it was for like a year, maybe, or was it not? Yeah, he led the league in catches once, 1984. The only time he was an All-Pro, made three Pro Bowls. Well, anyways, I have to retract and uh, do my apologies for um, the great Art Monk. You know, what I mean, I was very disrespectful, and um, I feel ashamed about that because he deserves his props and respect. So, and I, I stumbled upon this on accident, and it was like, whoa. I don't even think it. I don't know. Well, I mean, we look at things differently. I don't think that's all that. It's just you were good for a long time. Like, yeah, all right. You led the league in catches once. That's dope. Three Pro Bowls and you played 16 years. That's not tight. (laughs) Hey, man, I just remember growing up in this area. um, I saw the Art Monk football camp shirt a lot. So, I mean, I've always known he was like, a legend obviously but i don't know man i just feel like i had to give him some some respect and maybe yeah. the uh commanders fans will feel a little bit better because i'll be shitting on y'all team all the time i mean he wasn't better than chad johnson and chad johnson isn't going to the hall of fame so i mean i don't know if you i mean our monk was cool he's not an all-time great for me damn it i'm so I, mad i don't remember wide like, receiver ever I'm mad I don't remember the records say he did because he broke some records. I just, I don't remember. Yeah, he had the catches record. Was that for a season? Maybe 1984, he caught 106 passes. That's that's respectable in 1984, dog. Yeah, people threw a lot. I mean, in 1984, that's when Dan Marino threw over 5,000 yards and 48 touchdowns. Uh, not everybody was just running the ball. There was a lot of teams throwing it and airing it out. All right, well, anyways, let's get back to Dan's ACC hate. Yeah, let's get this football bullshit out of here because I'm, I'm ready now. This I'm ready to talk about music. All right, this was my uh, Pac-12 there. Yeah. My offense was quarterback Justin Herbert, running back C-Mac, the injury boy, uh, wide receivers Keenan Allen, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Juju, Tight end, Zach Ertz. Defense, linebackers that you'll never heard of, Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks. Anthony Barr is good. Yeah, yeah, he is. Cornerbacks, Marcus Peters, Byron mm-hmm. Murphy Jr., uh, Desmond Trufant, all Washington guys. Safety, Buda Baker, Washington as well. And the other safety, Marcus Williams. That was uh, the Big 12, or Pac-12. That's Huffy. Big 10 was decent. I had Russell Wilson, who was a cheat because he was also an ACC guy, but he ended his career at Wisconsin. You better not say Stefan Diggs either. Yeah, he's Stefan Diggs. No, ACC. Yes. All conference for the Big 10 never was for the ACC, so I'm stealing him. Allen Robinson, uh, Michael Thomas, your big brother, big slant boss, <laughs> and uh, Chris Godwin, and then tight end George Kittle. Defense, Nick Bosa, his brother Joey. Shout out Trump boys. You know, Corn-fed boys. Corn-fed boys. Come on, man. They want to make America great again. Yeah. Linebackers, TJ Watt, Levante David, 
corners, uh, Marshawn Lattimore and Denzel Ward, and then safety, Micah Hyde. And then Big 12, this is poo, poo, poo. Oh, my God. I see why <laughs> Texas and Oklahoma are leaving to go to the SEC and lose. And just for a second, basically what we're doing is we're naming these players because we're basically just – we're pitting the best of each conference – against each other yeah like a, 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 a you know imaginary seven on seven tournament basically big 12 so, quarterback pat mahomes running back joe mixon wide yeah. receivers tyler lockett cd lamb and hollywood brown oh yeah and alan lazard tight end mark andrews hmm. defensive line or defensive tackle jordan phillips i never heard of this brother until this year i was desperate linebackers kenneth murray and jordan hicks cornerbacks Xavier howard who is a boss jeff gladney this brother this is how desperate it was jeff gladney he missed the whole 2021 season after being cut by the vikings because of a domestic violence charge he was a first-round pick, but they had to let him go. And the Cardinals picked him up a few weeks ago. And then safeties, Kenny Vaccaro and Quandre uh, Diggs, Texas boys. But so the cool. offense wasn't that bad. It's just the wide receivers were kind of low. But anyways, ACC offense, what I got is Lamar Jackson, DeAndre Hopkins, Stefan Diggs. Okay. Um, T. Higgins. Sorry, I'm just gonna name all my um wide receivers except one. I'm just gonna name them all: Devontae Parker and Hunter Renfro. Renfro, tight end Darren Waller. Um, running back Dalvin Cook. Running back AJ Dillon, Giovanni Bernard, Cam Akers, James Conner. And then um for defense for the ACC we got Aaron Donald. He was ranked number two. Thought and, we were um, doing the last 10 years. Does he count? Or was he in the class of 2010? Aaron Donald? Yeah. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. He was drafted 2014. Just making he, sure. He's not that old. And I actually forgot to mention my ranks for the offense, but I'm going to keep going. Aaron Donald, he was ranked number two for the uh, 2021 uh, top 100 football list. Uh, um, Jalen Ramsey, ACC defense, ranked number 13 on that list. Cornerback. And then cornerback uh, Jair Alexander, he was ranked 41. Um, Bradley Chubb, ranked 40. Justin Simmons, ranked 45, free safety. Safety Jesse Bates, ranked uh, 90. And then I'm going to throw in Chandler Jones. He was unranked, and he went to Syracuse ACC. And then um, SEC offense, we got Joe Burr, Joe Burrow. DK Metcalf, he was ranked number 22. Mike Evans at wide receiver, he was ranked 48. Justin Jefferson, um, that's a young boss right there, ranked 53. Calvin Ridley, ranked 65. A.J. Brown, ranked 62. And Julio, does he count or no? Grandpa Julio, did he even play last year? You still think he's good enough to be there? Or is this a talking about last 10 years? Nah, he was drafted 2011, so he doesn't even count. Oh, all right. Well, that's all my wide receivers. And then running backs for the SEC, Derrick Henry, which, who was ranked for. Nick Chubb, ranked 26. Alvin Kamara, ranked 14. Josh Jacobs. By the way, guys, this is the 2021 rankings he's doing, which is based on the 2020 season. Go ahead. Hey, that's, that's all we got. 
And then uh, you, don't need, you don't need to do those rankings. It's, it's outdated. It's cooked. Like Derrick Henry wouldn't be in the top 50 this year, maybe, because he didn't play the majority of the season. That's true, but I don't know. It's some type of ref, frame of reference, but you're right. Um, Josh Jacobs was another running back um, who came out the SEC. That brother's then, kind of cooked, isn't he? Yeah, he has uh, toe issues. Yeah, he's cooked. And then Ryan Tannehill played in the SEC. He, oh he, would, be, he would be the backup. That's poo. He would be the backup. <laughs> so their best quarterbacks that they have is Joe Barrow and Ryan Tannehill. And the best quarterbacks that the ACC have is Lamar Jackson and uh, Deshaun Watson. And then um, SEC defense, you got linebacker Devin White, linebacker Zadarius Smith, linebacker K.J. Wright, cornerback Marlon Humphrey, cornerback Stephon Gilmore, D-tackle Chris Jones, D-tackle Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, strong safety Jamal Adams, free safety Tyron Matthew, free safety Quadre Diggs, and then free safety Minka Fitzpatrick. Quadre Diggs went to Texas, man. I already meant, I already named him. What oh. is he doing at the SEC? What are you doing? They're in the SEC now, so. No, they're not. Oh. It starts in 2024. You're so confused. Go ahead. Anyways, the best of the rest, which is like teams, conferences that aren't in the Power Five. Uh, this was a little hard for offense, but I did my best. Josh Allen's their best quarterback. Devontae Adams um, is their best Receiver, him and Tyreek Hill, and Adam Thielen. Um, they have running back Aaron Jones, running back James Robinson, and tight end Travis Kelsey. Their offense isn't bad. Um, it is. Best of the rest offense. And then the best of the rest defense, that shit was crazy. It was nothing but linebackers, but some of the best. <laughs> they have Bobby Wagner, Khalil Mack, Fred Warner, Darius Leonard, Jason Pierre-Paul, Demario Davis, and then DN Trey uh, Hendrickson, D tackle Taryn Armstead, and cornerback James Bradbury. So the best of the rest defense is a lot of linebackers. But they hit. But, yeah, they really good. And then um, so I almost feel like the best of the rest um offense is better than like the um Big 12 and maybe Pac 12. But yeah, probably so. But to prove Dan even more wrong about the ACC being cooked and Rudy Poo, as he says, the conferences that in the NFL that have the most active players as of September 2021 um, is the SEC, of course, with 335 players, the Big Ten with 266 players, and the ACC with 208 players. Pac-12, fourth place. 159, Big 12, 138. Yeah. So put some respect on the ACC, man. They still here. Yeah, they still alive. Congratulations. I was lost. The Big 12, you niggas suck. They do. Right, they got a conference. Is Missouri still in there? No. They're in yeah. the uh, SEC. Yeah, I remember when that happened, actually. So <laughs> they have, like, Kansas and shit, right? Yeah, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, Baylor, Texas Tech, you know, TCU, Rudy oh. Pooh stuff. Yeah, those are they and it's funny because TCU and like Baylor and Texas Tech have always kind of been like little boys compared to like Miami and Florida State. Yeah, I mean Miami, they're trying to come back. They got Mario Crystal Ball. Let's see what he does. Like I said, Clemson, I don't know. Debo, 
or what's what was their coach named Dabo? I called him Debo. Dabo was mad about players getting paid. He said, Oh Lord, <laughs> I'm used to pimping these kids. What the hell? They can't get money now. I can't yell at them like I want to. And he can't throw a bag at some of them like he wants to. I mean, he can throw a bag. He just he doesn't want to. It's the principle. They've been used to pimping kids for over 50 years, almost a hundred years. And it's not just black kids. They used to pimping all kids of all races. So now that these kids are going to have money, you can't treat them the same way. So that takes away their power dynamic that we know college sports is pimping one-on-one, man. You convincing kids to come work with for you for free and you get all the benefits. It's literally pimping. Even the former head of the NCAA talked about how this was a practice that was immoral and we should change it. But now nah, the NCAA said, hey, man, it's too much money. And speaking of too much money and pimping, let's talk about two peas in a pod, man. Larry June, Jay Worthy, Sean House, you call it a classic. And it just came out over a week ago, almost like nine, 10 days. What yeah. makes it so classic to you? And by the way, a classic is judged over a period of time to be the highest quality and outstanding of its kind. So out of 10 days, this is one of the greatest pieces of music you've ever heard in your life, correct? Yes. Um, Break it down why. And I wanted a thorough examination of why this is a classic, because I like it. It's probably one of the five or one of the three best projects I heard this year, but a classic, I'm not going that far, but why is it a classic to you already? Well, it's a classic because it's definitely going to go platinum in my car for sure. Um, it's probably going to go triple platinum in my in my whip. Um, I can tell that this is going to be something that I come back to throughout the years. Like I um, said, like how I do how fly, like I always have like a how fly moment at least once a year. So that to me makes how fly a classic, even though we knew how fly was a classic when it first came out, at least I did. Um, the production is just pristine and it's, um, it's to me, I mean, it's kind of different from everything that's out. Like, of course, you know, Cardo has that smooth, um, funky uh, sound, but this sounds different than Cardo's beats. And um, the samples are like beautiful. Um, Jay Worthy does his thing on this joint. The rapping is A1. Um, I love, you know, Jim Jones on it as well. I just think they they just put together a good body of work. They're saying cool stuff. The production is kind of like bringing back some old sounds and it just sounds nice, man. I mean, for me, I just know it's going to be a classic because like I said, it's going to go platinum in my whip and I'm going to always listen to this. I could see myself listening to this six years from now. I could see myself going back to this at least once a year. And um, it's, it, I like it because it doesn't sound like most mainstream popular music. But of course, we live on the East Coast. So, you know, I, this type of stuff doesn't get slapped as much as it does on the West, which I'm like jealous of them about. But um, the production, the rapping is good. They... Um, the, the collaboration of them two is really good. Like, I like this more than Currency and Freddie Gibbs uh, collab tape. And that was a really good tape to me. But, hey, man, it's just, it just has classic sounds to me. I don't have any cool pitchfork uh, source double XL uh, jargon to, to help you understand why it's a classic. I just feel like if you have ears and you know good music, then, and you like good rapping, 
this might be a classic to you. And if you like to feel cool when you listen to music, this will definitely be a classic to you. Yep, that's it. Mm. <laughs> so. Yep, that's all I got for you, man. Two so pieces. Doesn't that make it a cult classic? Because you're a Larry June fanatic. You listen to all his projects. Doesn't that just make this a Larry June classic, a cult classic, a fan classic? Is this the <laughs> best Larry June project you've ever heard? No, but it's funny. I actually, Larry so how June. How many classics does he have? 30? Larry June does his thing for showing this. Like he's Larry. He does his thing. You know what I mean? He he didn't slip one bit. But it's to me, Jay Worthy actually kind of outwrapped him in ways on this. And I'm not even like a Jay Worthy fan. To me, Jay Worthy just said a few, he just said a few more things that were more, what's the word you use? Point. How do you say it? Poignant? How do you say it? Nah, I prefer you to try to say it. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know how to, to, I don't know how to say it. Say it for me, man. Go ahead. Man, Poignant. Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> say it. I don't know. I forgot to say, say it. Say it again. Anyway. I can't. I don't know which one you're trying to use. I don't know. It's You You use it for ice cube and shit. Let me see. Oh, perpendicular? Poignant. Oh, Lord. Poignant. Poignant. Yeah, there you go. You got it. Poignant. He just says a few more uh, hard-hitting, poignant things. And Larry. Larry's cool. He's having fun. He's skipping on the beat. He's walking on the beat with the um, platform shoes with the fish on the bottom. You know what I mean? He's doing his thing, pimping in his in his finest way. But uh, Jay Worthy, he says some. He his rapping was um. You know, he had some uh, a few better bars. But um, I guess I mean. I guess you can call it a cult classic because it's not going to be mainstream. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like... Yeah, I mean, that's what a classic is supposed to be because, you know, it's like the saying, the old saying, if a forest, if a tree falls in the forest and no one ever heard it, did the tree fall? You know what I mean? If something happens and it doesn't have an impact, then did it happen? So that's the thing. Like, that's why we have phrases like, oh, this is a cult classic or, hey, if you're a common fan maybe like water for or like for chocolate is a classic album to you or hey if you like twister then kamikaze is a classic but they didn't hit everybody that's why i feel like a classic album people calling something classic and like you said these guys are west coast based artists we're from virginia they do have a fans over here like larry june talks about how overwhelmed he was about his show at a, what was that, John? Didn't you go at a Fillmore, his show last year, or you didn't go? No, I didn't go at the Fillmore in Silver yeah. Spring. Yeah. No, I didn't go. But people said that joint was dope. It was a lot of people there. He was running through tracks. Like, he has a lot of fans in this area, and he shouts out DC's a place he liked the hustle. You know, he was trapping out here, you know, that does very well with pimping and with drug dealing, like most places in the world. But for me, a classic album, I'm not calling it that. It is a dope project. It's the most fun I've ever had listening to a Larry June project, but it's because of the influence of Sean House and Jay Worthy. It's basically a London Drugs album featuring Larry June. Is Sean House London Drugs? 
London Drugs is Sean House and Jay Worthy. That's them together. They're like Gangstar. Oh, so Jay Worthy raps on these kind of beats often, or they just did it for this? No, he raps like this all the time. This is that's what I'm saying. The reason why Jay talking about the beats. Yeah, the reason why Jay Worthy steals the shows because this is what he does all the time. That's why when him and uh, Larry have done collabs in the past, they always go because they are they do have chemistry. They do mesh well. So it's like now on this project, Larry June gets to fully embrace the London drug sound and they go crazy. They have fun pimping, drug dealing, balling, being fly, being fresh, using the interludes from different pimp documentaries and movies. That's cool. I like how on um, Vanilla Cream, Jay Worthy talks about how this is like Max Julian and Ron O'Neill linking up. And if mm-hmm. you guys aren't hip, Max Julian was legendary actor, passed away recently. He played Goldie in the Mac, you know, one of the greatest pimp characters of all time. And then Ron O'Neill played Priest in Superfly, who was a trap lord. So it's basically a combination of, you know, West Coast G Funk and Black Exploitation Soul. And they mesh it, and that's London Drugs, basically. And then you have Jay Worthy, the Pyru from Vancouver, who still reps Bompton to the fullest. He can say the N-word, and he, are you going to stop him from saying it? Oh, no. No, no probably not. Probably not. <laughs> no, no, probably you won't. Because he's plugged in. But <laughs> Are you going to stop him from saying Why do you keep asking me that? Yeah, because... People stop Nav from saying the N-word. He got bullied into stopping saying the N-word. They can't do that to Jay Worthy. That's because Nav has that uh, spelling bee haircut and the glasses. Oh, that's not nice. He does. Dang. You know, a lot of, not, hey, I, you know, a lot of uh, Indian kids, they, like, they're, the, they're the champs of the spelling bee. Hey, Nav Raj was putting in work in Rexdale, okay? Mm. He's a trap lord. Mm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know he can tell me where I can find some good uh, buttered chicken. So, oh my God, good. that's racist. What you mean? It's an Indian food. What if he? Hey, man. What if he asks you? Can you tell me where the soul soul food spot is? Would you like that? Yeah, I would be like, yeah, I got you, my. You, know what I'm yeah. you would call him. Your, you would call him your nigga. Hey, man, I love Indian food, so I really would, literally would go to Nav if I was like in Toronto or Rexdale, and uh, ask him like, "Yo, where can I find some nice?" Some good Indian food. I love Indian food. It's one of my favorite, top 10 favorite cuisines. Top so, 10? Yeah, I got a top 10 list. Yeah, we'll save that for next week. I want to hear this. Yeah, you know. But the Larry Project with Jay Worthy, I fuck with the features. I like CeeLo. He was, CeeLo was happy to be pimping on the hood. That brother was <laughs> happy. And yeah, like you said, um, Jay, uh, Jim Jones went crazy. I like this project a lot also because it's only about 30 minutes. It came out the same weekend as the Nego album, which was also about 30 minutes, and the Buddy album, which was about 30 minutes. So I love that. Cohesive body of work. The skits help it flow, gives the theme of the pimping. I love Sugar Free on the intro. I, really, I wish he rapped. But hey, it so is. Oh, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me that London Drugs, these kind they literally rap on these kind of beats all the time. Yes. Even the um, maybe the next time type of beat. Yes. 
really their style yes have you i mean i know you don't listen to that type of player music but yeah that's their style like they've been making music like this since like 2014 i learned about them because of uh seeing them on different blogs back then and then i think even asap yams rest in peace he shouted them out like they do a lot of stuff but they are grooving like they make groovy gangster music that's ASAP what he really likes asap yams always like even though he's gone rest in peace he always pops up in the present because his range was so uh his range was like so big and he was just so hip shout out to asap yams yeah man forever he was dope but yeah like if you listen to like what they do you'll be like oh all right because like even i think yeah a couple years ago jay worthy put out a project with currency he has a ep with him like and it's this type of player stuff they've done stuff with alchemist he's even been cool with a left brain from odd future like he's done stuff with harry fraud so I didn't have to just only uh, go to Larry and payroll for this and Cardo. No. That's What's the producer's name again? Sean House. Dang, I could have went to Sean House a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, have you? this is them. I'm about to send you a picture. This is the crew. London I know they're not black. I know. You know that. I mean, white people are killing the rap game. He's actually white, white, Sean House? Yeah, look at him. <laughs> oh, dang it. I sent you the wrong thing. What the hell? Okay. Um, I'm sending Jamal. He has flavor. Who? Sean House. He has a little bit more flavor than Kenny Beats. Whoa, he looks cooler. I'm just saying his by his his sounds, his music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he definitely has more flavor and funk in his style. He's more player in his music. Out of all the white producers, Alchemist, Kenny Beats, um, what's the murder beats, all of them like. He's the most funky. He has he is the closest to having black man drums. He has bounce to his music. Oh, that maybe the next time beat is something crazy. I just think of like a Cadillac and like I think of like a fuzzy dice. And if you listen to the lyrics on one of the songs, I forgot to make sure which one it was, but Jay Worthy says that, yeah, because. He's like, yeah, now people can't take down my music because I clear my samples now. Because, <laughs> like, he's always been about having sample-based music. Like, that's one thing that I do like about these white producers, man. They still try to keep the uh, sample culture alive. They still want to use stuff. And I fuck with them, like I said, again, using the dialogues. I wish I could know the documentaries or different stuff these clips come from. Jamal and I, we used to love the documentary American Pimp in high school. One of the best documentaries of all time, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Payroll. I forgot which interlude it is. I think it's the, hold on, let me look at the track list. Payroll is the one on how to not. That's the first payroll. He's the, he's, yeah. the, Vegas, he's the Vegas pimp from American Pimp. And yeah. then Gorgeous Dre is the one on Bad Connection, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Okay. And it's funny, I actually recognize that voice. I like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We used to that's watch how classic, a lot. Yeah, that's how classic American Pimp was. But um, that Leave It Up To Me sample was beautiful. Yeah. And, shout uh, out Dame Funk as well. Jay Worthy shouts out Dame Funk. He's a producer based out in, from Cali, based out in LA. He's a black man. He's been producing and DJing keeping funk alive for a long time 
he made one of my favorite projects of the last decade, Seven Days of Funk with um with Snoop Dogg. So shout out Dame Funk. Like Jay Worthy has always been trying to keep G Funk alive. So I like it that he got the link up with Larry, who is an underground king. He's a he's a star in the underground. So that will increase Jay Worthy's profile because I fuck with Jay Worthy heavy. I'm jealous of the West Coast. They really get to have this and like gonna what do you mean and gonna like I'm, i know that they like gunner in the west coast yeah yeah. He's i know that they guy. like little baby in the west coast i know that i'm sure they probably like drill and they get to bump this a lot in parties and shit you know we don't get none of this on the east coast unless you had like some cool hipster brunch or some shit what hey you're a dj me? you gotta curate the vibes i'm a journalist i have to spread the gospel you can't complain when you are potentially in a position of power. We are, we have a podcast. We're talking about it. So we can't always cry about, oh, woe is us. We're from Virginia. We can do something. <laughs> That's very true. That's very, very true. I just know a lot of people who are raised out here who can't get with none of this West Coast shit. Well, let but, them stay in the back. Let exactly. them stay in the back. I don't worry about those people. Yeah, but leave it up to me. Like I said, beautiful sample. I love when uh, Jay Worthy said he ain't seen a winner in a minute. Like he travels for pleasure. Yeah, that's real jiggy stuff. Man. Um, Maybe the next time, that's probably my favorite beat on the album. It's just, it was so dope. Larry basically stopped his verse and told the dude to start singing again. Yeah, he because he couldn't compete. And then... um, Rock Marciano. Oh, yeah, that was... Where is he from again? He's from New York. I forgot where, but he he he's a... He talks about that pimping. Yeah, that was interesting to me. I was like, wow, Rock Marciano, he's usually with Griselda. He's like a Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo. He's from Long Island. Oh, shit. He's actually from, from near the city. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, but the Rock reason Marciano. why you have to, I mean, but Rock Marciano, if you listen to his music, he always talks about pimping. He has projects called Rosebud's Revenge. You wow, Rosebud. Exactly. You know Rosebud. Another pimp from America. Exactly. Pimp. And then he has an instrumental project called Pimp Strumentals. I think he has another project called like Pimpire. Like he talks about pimping. So, oh yeah, the Pimpire Strikes Back. That's one of wow. his tapes last decade. So that's why I like it. And Rock Marciano, he is given the credit for making the new modern underground sound of just having samples and not even putting drums on. And if you listen to that project, it happens a couple times. So I like them having Rock Marciano on there because he is, he fits the content they talking about and he's an innovator in the sound that they're using. So I like that. And that's what I like about Jay Worthy. He's a dot connector. That's one yeah. thing I always noticed about him. Like one of the first times I ever saw him, like I said earlier, was with in the ASAP Yams, like him showing me about London drugs and the burnout boys and all that. But also when Kendrick had a noisy interview when he had uh, people come in to interview him at his parents' crib in Bompton, who was one of the brothers behind him, Jay Worthy. I mean, he's he's solidified. He's a real brother. So you always got and his uh, sister, half-sister is Grimes, Elon Musk's baby mama. So, hey. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I like those kind of people that always can connect many dots. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's dope. Like, that's what's up. I remember Jay Worthy. He was on Isaiah Rashad's uh, album with J-Rock. Yep. 
Yeah, and, um, I like his verse on there. But um, I like when Jay Worthy said on oh, maybe the next time, um, if you really tee, then you battle tested and can't no other nigga validate your pimping. I, I respect that. Yeah. What was this thing I should have? I think it might have been on Vanilla Cream when he talked, when he made the Spike Lee reference. He said he was watching, uh, I think, Do the Right Thing, Mo Better Blues and something, something yeah. else. Yeah, and then at the end, he talked about, you're not going to scuff my Jordans. Like, he brought it back again to Spike Lee. Like, Jay Worthy can rap. I mean, Larry says that on, let me see, on, yeah, it is on Vanilla Cream. Larry says, I don't even rap. I spread knowledge. So he's letting you know he's a game spitter. This, this album, Two Peas in a Pod, was about game spitting. And they kicked a lot of flavor and they we're not condoning pimping. We know it's not all it's meant to be. We know there's a dark side to it, but we're talking about the colorful side, the having fun side, because that's what they talked about on the music. We're yeah. not condoning pimping, guys. When I, when I was young, I was um not, I wouldn't say infatuated, but I liked the way pimps would talk and oh, yeah, you know come I mean? on. the lingo and the flavor and shit. But in real life, like and especially as an adult, I don't really fuck with pimping like on some real shit. Like, you know, what I mean, no disrespect to anybody if that's how you got to get it, but I just don't respect like, you know, um, taking like most of the time at risk women and taking advantage of them and making them use them and all that shit. Basically, I'm I'm not really like I don't really fuck with no pimping shit. That's why I you don't like, even like college sports like that, right? I just like you know, you know, the fly cars, clothes, and the colorful language. You know what I mean? That's all, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's why we had to go from one pimping because that's what college sports is. They take advantage of <laughs> at-risk kids from the inner city and say, hey, boy, come play with me. Yeah, but they don't put them on drugs and make them sell their b- oh, bodies. They kind of section. do put them on drugs, man. The way program, they kind of do dope these kids up, man. <laughs> <laughs> they do dope them up. Yeah, Who's we- the best pimp in college football then? Nick Saban, boy. That's not even a question. Do you see the factory he has? That nigga, this nigga's a, a big pimp. He's the pimp of the decade of the millennium. That brother, Nick Saban. What about Gino? What about Gino at UConn? Oh, come on. You know, he's a Adonis himself. He's going through a little drought. Well, this is the first time he lost the national championship. Shout out to Don Staley in South Carolina. Yeah, shout he's out. He's definitely a Don himself. Yeah, Gino. I mean, you know Italians love basketball. Mm-hmm. But- oh, yeah. And then um, two peas in a pod. She's not around. Another beautiful sample. These samples, I'm saying the word beautiful for a reason. Like, it's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just filled with so much soul like you said soul from like black exploitation um movies and g funk enough funk music you know what i mean from like the 70s and 80s oh yeah and on the outro with uh, jim jones you know that sample you have to know that sample i forgot it's willie hutch color her oh, sunshine mm. which you should know from rick ross rich off cocaine i don't know that song you don't know Rich Off Cocaine by Rick Ross on nope. Deeper Than Rap? I didn't uh I didn't really care about that album that much. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember you said yeah, because that's when he started to rap too good. I remember that. Well, let me play it real quick. Cause yeah, Jamal, he likes the traditional Rick Ross when he was still choppy and you know, Southern. Trill is my favorite Rick Ross album. Yeah, when he started rapping too good, he didn't have time for that. 
Well, when he went to please New York, like Jeezy did, I'm out of there. Once once Southern rappers start trying to make New York happy, goodbye. <laughs> hey, man, that happens a lot. And Deeper Than Rap was a good album. You know what I mean? I just, you know what I mean? I was just out of Ross by then. Whoa. Sound like you got a next tell. Hey, you know I'm so trapping. Man, that's a beautiful sample. That makes me want to pull like a, a double overtime shift in the cold and come back to my wife and eat dinner at, at a table with my family like they did in the 70s. Yeah, it's the same sample. Shout out every storm, that little homie that used to sing on Rick Ross stuff. I got a couple of dollars I can spend them on her. That dude. Yeah, you know that. Um, Hotel Bel Air was another dope song. I like when Larry said, gotta think bigger. I'm driving to Pacifica. When you're writing down your goals, you gotta be specific. So I just felt like that was a nice little line. Cause sometimes I like to write things down, you know, when I want to manifest things, I like to make my thoughts physical and put them in the real world. And that was just a, a nice tip from Larry when you write down your goals be specific you know what I'm saying for those of you guys that like to do that you should try it one day just write your down, vision board. yeah basically write down you know what I mean what you want for yourself it could be anything and make your thoughts physical it, it does things but yeah dope album to me it's a classic like he said I guess it's a cult classic but who cares about classic classics those are for everybody like exactly that's the point though yeah, but <laughs> when things know. all of this is for everybody, music is made for general consumption, just like all forms of media. So the goal is to try to reach everybody, but not everyone has the ability to do that because we know money works. You need promotion, you need the right factors to be around you. Like for something to be a classic, we already know it's not just having a great body of work, it also needs to have a storyline, so to speak, a narrative like, oh, what did this album mean in your career? What is this? Like, all those things play a part. That's why in rap, most classic albums is your first album because everyone knows the story. Like they say, oh, the, your first album is the easiest one to make because you had your whole life to make it. But the problem is that in rap, it feels like a lot of times, well, in the past anyways, because it was constantly changing People didn't get the time to grow and develop because everyone was always moving on to the next thing. Now that music curation is wide open and there are no gatekeepers telling us these are the 20 music videos you see every day. These are the 20 songs you'll hear on the radio every day. Now that it's the Wild West, it is harder for things to grab you. So there are going to be things that are classic, but it only matters to a small group of people because we don't enjoy music and things as a community anymore because everyone's in their corner but that goes into how everything is divided which kind of stinks but it's cool too because not everything is supposed to be appreciated by everybody that's the game what's the last um rap classic you can think of You're gonna say that's rap album that I thought was a classic. Yeah, you think it's DS2, don't you? That probably is the last one. 
and I, I, didn't, I didn't even want to like i remember i love that album of course that's one of my five favorite albums of all time i didn't call it a classic until i heard elliot wilson sales at clouds i was like whoa okay so it wasn't just me it wasn't just my bubble that it was everywhere the, all right cool like i have to let other people say certain things because future is my favorite artist i'm too close so i can't what about say that album's a classic until i saw other people outside of my bubble older people from new york from different areas talking about how ds2 was that shit. then i was like, all right yeah it is a classic what about damn you don't think that's a classic album that came out after ds2 right yeah, I mean, it has a lot of hit songs. I mean, that... But is, you didn't hear it like you did DS2, like nah. in cars down the street, Hell every no. party, barbershop, wherever, no. gym, like whatever, like... Yeah. I, 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 I thought about DS2. I'm sure people are probably thinking plenty of other albums, but... Yeah, it's, it's DS2. Like DS2, Stick Talk became a hit, and that was just a B-side track. Like, Freak Hoes got stupid play. I mean, the intro. I served the bass. Drop, like that, yeah, everything went. That whole album, you could play it at a club. I even went to functions before when the DJ would try to slow it down and he would play Rich Sex and that shit would go crazy. Of course, Rich Sex, you can play Rich Sex. And then you know obviously, you obviously can play, you can play strippers and Percocet. I thought you were going to say the DJ tried to play Blood on the Money. I thought you'd be like, whoa. Oh, nah, chill, man. He's trying to make niggas sad in the club? Nah. Even though that's my shit. It is. It's a masterpiece. That album is a, it's a classic. That's a classic. That's the last album that I realized. That, like I said, because everything is so divided, you don't enjoy those type of moments. Like, when we were growing up, there were albums that was like movies, like Blockbuster, like when this drops, you're going to hear this shit everywhere. Like the blueprint was like that. Like even I remember Chronic 2001 when that came out, it was like that. Get Rich or Die Trying, of course. Um, yep. Kanye's albums, especially like Graduation, that was like his most yeah. outside album. To me, a little like small classic, I don't know, for me, when Carter Two dropped in of high course. school, what? everybody... Yeah. Everybody had that shit on their MySpace. You heard it when we was in the gym, like when I used to play football and shit. Everybody was bumping Carter too. Freshman year of high school, my hustle was selling CDs and making mixed CDs for people. My two highest selling albums freshman year was Carter Two and Joel's oh. What the Game's Been Missing. Oh yeah, true. Oh yeah, and and Jeezy Thug Motivation 101. Why doesn't it seem like T.I. didn't have none of those? Besides Urban Legend. Nah, Urban Legend was the one. I mean, King was kind of like that, too. Because, you know, it also went with the ATL movie. I feel like, well... Yeah, it just didn't, it didn't hit yeah, it like hard. It was too. Urban Legend. Urban Legend was the one that was... Yeah. Hit. That's my it shit. Didn't, that's weird. That's kind of weird to me. Like, T.I. didn't really have one of those, like, Carter 2 and, like, what the game's been missing and Thug Motivation. Those had shit on lock. Because it's all about timing, like... I remember Carter 2 came out in December. So it was like the end of the year. Like, what other big album was coming out? I don't think it was anything else. Let me look. Yeah, the Carter 2, December 6, 2005. Like, I remember that. It was like right before winter break, and everybody was bumping that shit. Before winter break and then after winter break, we was rocking for months. And then Dedication 2 came out. And you already know. It was but that's the thing. It's like timing. Like, that's the thing. Like, let me look up Urban Legend because that came out 04, I believe. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, November 30th, 04. So around that time, like, yeah, this album, hell yeah, Motivation got big play. You don't know me, mm-hmm. ASAP. Bring them out, of course. That joint get your shit together with Lil' Kim. I used to hear that at parties. Yeah, that's my shit. And he had uh, Get Loose with Nelly. Oh, yeah, that used to go, too. Yeah, this was my album. This is my favorite T.I. album. I used to play this a lot. And he has My Life with Daz, right? That's one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah, that's my favorite. No, I'm a Daz fan. Fake Tupac song, but I love yeah, it. Yeah, it is. I love it. But, hey, that I love that song because that Daz went, st- and Daz was rapping hard. He was going off. Yeah, he really was. And his ad-libs, he was sliding. He was ready to ride. <laughs> but, yeah, get your shit together. That was a dope beat with him and Lil' yeah, Kim. And then uh, I feel like you mentioned another. Oh, was it Stand Up on that album? Stand Up, nah. Uh, oh, no, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. With Trick Daddy and them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lil Wayne. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was my shit. Yeah. And ASAP is one of my favorite. Oh, beats. come on. You already know. You Don't Know Me, that's my dad's jam. Yeah, that was such a dope moment. I remember waking up at school when MTV used to play music videos. And you don't know me would always be on every morning. Yeah. That was a fun that eighth grade year, like at the end of the year, that was a fun time for like waking up watching music videos. Yeah, I mean, like we're talking about that was the one of the last times of peak gatekeepers. <laughs> like, yeah, that's literally what it was. Like, hey, the programming was good and that we loved the music that came out of it. But going back. There was a lot of stuff we weren't getting because they were underground, you know, it's the same thing. But the difference is today we're adults. We're not listening to the radio or watching music videos because music video shows don't exist. And the radios are kind of obsolete because we have the streaming era. So that's the thing. The programming isn't the same because we're not using, we're not, you know, digesting content and media the same way. Oh, yeah. So that means how fly technically is in the classic. No, I mean, yeah, it's a cult classic. If you're a currency and whiz fan, yeah, but Osei doesn't know that project. And he's yeah. our age group, but that's what I'm saying. He didn't listen to that, so he don't know about that. That's a cult classic. Like, yeah, if you're a currency and whiz fan, then you know that project. What about Cushion OJ? Is that a cult classic? No, nah, that's a classic that touched everybody. That spread. What about uh, Cabin Fever? That's like a classic Wiz album. Uh, Wiz yeah, that's a, yeah, like I like Cabin Fever a lot. I was riding around with shout out Nelson Whitley. We was bumping that tape a lot. Like I love that tape, but it's yeah. I don't think it's a classic. But Cushion Orange Juice definitely was. That touched everybody. That I've heard stories about a lot of people smoking weed for the first time because of that project, or just learning about jiggy west coast beats inspired beats because of that project like that joint goes that takes- i'm excited to go back and listen to uh sean house and uh jay worthy london drugs you're gonna have fun man there's a lot of dope stuff to enjoy shout out to cardo one of my favorite producers of all time and my top five favorite of the times now along with pierre born um hey man Sean House might have to sneak his way in there. And I hope uh, Alchemist is paying attention for his tape with uh, Larry June. You know, he's, get, not, he's gonna do his own thing. Better get these samples right, not make this shit sleepy. Hey, babe, like I say, he makes a lot of beats. The rappers pick what they want to rap. And we need some more 
we need some more black sample maker beat makers. <laughs> What's going on? Why do these white guys know all the where all the sauces? The white are? guys are doing it for the art, and the black guys are doing it for the money. That's what it's about. Oh Lord, Jesson made another one. That's what they want to do. <laughs> yeah, because we need the racks badly. I mean, Metro samples stuff, but he can do that because he's a superstar producer so he can sample stuff but the young homies they don't do that and a lot of these guys like um q beats they're two german twins they're german twin brothers from you know over there and they make a lot of stuff that people sample that's the new hustle that because sampling is so expensive there's musicians that just make music for people to sample right so that's a new hustle too. That sounds old and classic. Yeah. Or just music in general is what you're saying. Just instrumentation in general. Yeah, but the the but the uh the white boys don't have time. They're doing it for the art because they grew up with money. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like how Andrew Luck gets to just quit football and say, I'm out of here. Yeah, I don't have to do this bullshit. My daddy played in the NFL too. I'm out. I made enough money. I'm good. Hmm. But let's talk about something else because two not something else, but in a similar vein, because two peas in a pod relied on nostalgia and they made something creative and relevant today. And I feel like Los did that too with Kareem from New Orleans 2, the sequel. Now Los is for me another guy just like Larry and um Jay Worthy. He, for me, is an underground star. A lot of people are using his sound. A lot of people want to have a Daisy Lane. They want to have drops. They want to use Topside and these producers. And he's putting on, like, for me, Los, he's almost too good of a street rapper that, you know, he's not like Larry and Jay Worthy. They're polished rappers. Los is too raw. Like, he's still on daisy lane trapping yeah he's not like a he's a very straight to the point kind of guy i don't want to he's not he's nothing like jeezy like he don't have as much swag as jeezy but he's very straight to the point he has his own swag too he does it's not it's not jeezy style jeezy was out of here yeah but he's very straight to the point he's he's a rapper from detroit who uses a lot of uh production that is reminiscent of uh, beats by the pound, no limit style. Yep. Louisiana, New Orleans beats. So you know me. You know I'm a Louisiana rap head. So Dan showed me Los uh, probably like two years ago, maybe a year ago. Yeah. And I immediately fell in love with his music. His beats remind me of like the no limit stuff my brother was came up listening to. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know he talks about you know Detroit's finest trade that's not cars. Yeah. And not scamming, not that one. He's talking about transportation. Yeah. Import and export. Logistics. And networking, you know, connecting dots. Mm-hmm. And that's why when he goes to New Orleans, they call him Kareem because, you know, you got to keep your identity safe when you're in that business. So it has nothing to do with Lou Alcindor. <laughs> no, it does not. Oh. But he mm-hmm. does, he does <laughs> move the rock in a different way. I'll say that. But man this project my favorite song is no in between and i love r.i.p blade 
you know, showing love to Blade Icewood, one of the kings of Detroit, featuring his brother, W.B. Nutty, and V's, you know, V's, that brother. Old featuring man. Los's brother, W.B. Nutty. Yeah, yeah. And Blade Icewood, he's kind of like a pioneer that sounds like a lot of what Detroit does today. And he kind of, when I went back and listened to Blade Icewood, he did some things that Jeezy did before Jeezy, like rapping style, hook style. In my opinion, there was a song that reminded me of Jeezy. I don't remember the song now, but Blade Icewood is kind of like responsible for like the sound of Detroit. That's not like Eminem or D12 and Obi Trice. It's like, yeah, nobody emulated that. That wasn't real Detroit. That was mainstream. Yeah. Just like how Wale, you can say none of the DMV rappers sound like Wale. What do you mean you, you can, can say, say it is that? <laughs> or you can say none of the Chicago rappers sound like Lupe and, or and uh, Kanye in common. And Twister, yeah, you know, certain things that doesn't transcend to the next generation. That's not what they're looking for. Twister, I'm not going to say him, though, <laughs> because I feel like of Twister's time, the brat kind of rap like him, Crucial Conflict, you know what I mean? I feel like... Wait, was that was that a Twister thing, or is that aren't they all from the west side of Detroit? Is that just west side Chicago. swag? I just feel like Twister's different. Like, the average Chicago person probably was listening to Twister. Nah, more, that's true. Yeah, that's true. More than, like, the average... Chicago person is listening to Kanye Lupe or the average Maryland or DC person is listening to Wale. They're most likely listening to like Big Flock and uh I don't know, Young Manny. Yeah, like that's true. Like Detroit, they wasn't listening to Slum Village and Jay Dilla. That wasn't what they were on. They were listening to Street Boys, you know. Mm -hmm. Even so, though Detroit does have that real hip hop scene that's probably just like Chicago and not really like the DMV, but um, I get what you're saying though. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing though, that real hip hop Chicago scene, yeah, it's a small circle. They don't really, what did they do that transcended anything? Nothing. That's the point, it's the same thing as Detroit. I mean, they did, they did. Common they transcended and Lupe transcended. Yeah, but that's, but you said the same thing there. You got Chance. Yeah, yeah, Chance is the one. I'm just saying, I'm giving those cities those props more because Detroit and Chicago, even though their hip-hop scenes were smaller than their street scene, it was stronger than our, like, hip-hop scene in the DMV. But it's also... I don't know why you're always trying to come... The DMV shouldn't compare. They just learned how to rap 10 years ago. And and my point was for it was, even though uh, DC has go-go, but Chicago, you know, they have, like, Buddy Guy and, like, Detroit had Motown, you know what I'm saying? So those cities have, and you know, DC has Marvin Gaye, but like those cities to me have a bigger, uh, richer music history than DC. So that, I feel like that has something to do with it. Uh, like Detroit, you know, like I said, Motown, like, and I even, even the rock music, but uh, Chicago house music and like um, jazz and blues is big in Chicago too. So those cities just have a, richer music history in general which is because I'm, I'm i don't know I'm, I'm going all over the place add like you said but it's just kind of reminding me why D the dmv's music their rap scene hasn't been that healthy and i just believe it's because their music scene hasn't really been as crazy as other cities like how i said louisiana new orleans has a very rich musical history memphis has a very rich musical history you know so I just that's like, the point though all of those yeah. musical histories were old and dated so when rap came they fully embraced it 
Gogo was still alive in the 80s. Gogo was arguably at its peak. Yeah, so but it wasn't ready to take rap. And then in the 90s, it still continued into the 2000s. So when everybody else gave up on their regional music scenes and embraced rap, DC was still doing go-go. That's the that's, difference. That's very true. But I feel like, of course, you can say like jazz was old and dated, but jazz is still like loved out there kind of like how go-go is here like if you go to new orleans you're gonna see the second line you're gonna hear some jazz music yeah but that's traditional stuff that's not the everyday thing yeah that's, that's true. the difference you're talking about what niggas do on holidays and what niggas do every day in dc where the town was play go-go that's the difference that's when true. when rap like i said house music was there but it was a certain session that liked house music in chicago the same as techno in Detroit. But when rap came, they all was like, this is the new shit. All that stuff is old. Like, we want the new shit. Go-Go, that's the irony of DC, is that Go-Go was basically, at a time, they made original music. Then it was just, what's the popular rap songs? And we're going to make our own version. So the Go-Go bands are listening to rap. But the go-go fans were not listening to rap. So, <laughs> so yeah. they're like, hey, they think all this music is original and new, not knowing they sampling everything. So and and before we get back to Lowe's real quick, um, you know, everybody knows about, you know, uh the recent news about Gunu. I'm only bringing that up because in Club Bliss, the video that they show of Gunu in Club Bliss, the go-go band is singing. Uh, Life Goes On by Tupac. Yeah, that joint cranks too. I saw you know, it. Yeah, yeah. So to your point, yeah, they were sample were doing their version of Life Goes On by Tupac. So and hey, R.I.P. Gunu. I saw the video. I know a lot of people are sad, but hey, his family said that's what he wanted. They have the right to do that. That's their blood. But I do respect it because it's kind of like coming to America when. King Jaffe Joe wanted to have his own funeral while he was alive and he died on stage at the concert. It kind of reminded me of that. Coming to America. Yeah. What is this part two? Yeah. Oh, I don't even know what that is, buddy. That doesn't exist to me. Yeah, it happened. I saw it. <laughs> I can't believe it. He said coming to America too. Because <laughs> that, that's what happened. King Jaffe Joe was on stage. He said some stuff and then he went in his little chamber and he died and niggas had a concert. That's literally what happened. I was like, oh, hey, man, maybe coming to America, we're trying to recreate. Coming to America 2 is like the All Eyes on Me movie. If never seen it, never will. All Eyes on Me, the Tupac movie? Yeah, where he um got down on one knee, Mission Impossible style, supposedly, and shot those cops in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, maybe he did do that. <laughs> Tupac. They said he was like an action movie hero yeah he was i mean tupac wasn't was athletic from what i see man hey man i don't know i just this guy just said coming to america too yeah hey man. somebody if you want me to watch it you can pay me i'll watch it yeah, just putting that out there you. you're gonna watch it one day i know you yeah will. right not for free really? not for free nah someone's gonna make you watch it please nobody's gonna make me watch that yeah garbage. i know i know you know how i feel about eddie murphy movies post 2000 <laughs> i don't have time for that well one of them was kind of funny where he was um like supposedly like an alien i don't even remember what it was called i saw that by accident and i laughed a few times so oh my god that sounds like a shitty endorsement but hey 
Shout out Sean Ferrari, shout out Desktop, shout out Mook Made It, shout out Tana Fully Loaded, shout out Sledrin, Juke Cram, Yori, Desktop, again, Topside, Melly, K Money. But the star of this Los tape is Jordan Flexen. Woo man. Yeah, who is that? I heard the Calling Me Kareem, No In Between, it's on. Those beats are stupid. And it's funny. He doesn't show the credits of two songs, Million Dollar Meetings and um, New Money featuring Nutty and Babyface Ray. He doesn't show the producers for that one. He's probably hiding it because he knows a lot of niggas use his track list to say, oh, these are the next hot producers. I need that sound fast. And um, I also love No In Between, too. It sounds very no limity. One of my favorite songs also is the outro, Life of a Hustler. That beat, yeah, it goes. That beat was stupid. And then I love Gift of Gab. On that one. Gift of Gab sounds like a, a 007 Golden Eye loading screen at some parts of the song. Yeah, that's Tana fully loaded. And um, I love uh, on R.I.P. Blade when V says, I ain't got no game to run in no hoe. I'm trying to pay the fucker. Not that I do that kind of stuff, but <laughs> I like his honesty. He, says he has... He has no game to run to a girl, and he's just trying to pay to get his pleasure. Simple so. transactions. I mean, hey, two peas in a pod. They they like that type of transaction. And um, the intro on like of Kareem to me sounds like Gunna thought I was playing. Did you hear that? Ah, listen to it again. I think Sean Ferrari has produced for YSL before, so maybe it sounds but- very similar to thought I was playing. I wouldn't like be this. surprised. He's produced for so. Thought but, I was um, playing. What project was that on by Gunnan? The most recent one. I forgot what it's called. Oh, DS4 the one with Twenty One. Yeah, it sounds like that. Uh, true. Yeah, he's one of the producers on it. See, on that song. Yeah, it's Mike Will made it. Sean Ferrari and I Weirdo. Yeah, as soon as I heard that, I was like, this reminds me of um. Thought I was playing by Gunner. Interesting. See, good ear. It's literally the said. Probably is. Sean Ferrari just probably switched it up a little bit and said, "Here you go, Los." But um, this was a uh, dope album. I, I I was working out to this joint. I was working out to this and two peas in a pod, but more so this. And um, I can't wait to work out to it tomorrow. I'm so excited that I have a new, some new music to work out to, and it's you know what I mean it just has that gritty New Orleans no and of course to me. Los has more of a no limit sound than a cash money Manny Fresh sound, even though he does have the uh secret agent music. Um, because I always say that like if I was to make like put it this way, if Idris Elba becomes James Bond, they need to make Manny Fresh score the music. Oh man, because a lot of that be in New Orleans, or is he still fighting crime in London? He's still in London, but 400 degrees is a um as a, a secret agent beat. <laughs> like you planning stuff out, you cracking codes, you dropping from vents and stuff. Whoa. Sounds like uh 007 Goldeneye. Listen to Manny Fresh one day, you'll see what I'm saying. He makes black secret agent music. And um the one song on Los album that reminds me of that is Gift of Gab. But everything else sounds like real um early Master P time to check my crack house. You know what I mean? Heavy bass. So I, I like this. I like this a lot. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> he says secret agent music. Yeah. Yeah, I've always said that. Creeping through that's, events, that's my man, man. He fresh. 
I wonder if we'll ever get that album he did with most stuff. Probably not, but hey, I digress. Yeah, we don't need it. But um we do need it. I need it. But um I'm proud of uh Larry June and Jay Worthy. They have one of the best rap albums this year, along with Babyface Ray. If it's a classic, it has to be the best, right? Along with Babyface Ray. So that's a classic too. Babyface Ray album? Yeah. Um no, there's a lot of fluff on it. Not a lot, but I love that album though. I don't even oh yeah, it's called Face. Um, I love that album, but to me, the Jay Worthy and Larry June have the benefit of the short track list. It's only 30 minutes. It's very precise. I just think it's a classic because the the production too, mainly. The production's amazing. Mm. It's, it's great sample music. And even when they have a little bit of fun like that, um, damn, what is it called again? Shit, I forgot what it's called. Maybe the next time. That beat is stupid, man. Yeah. It reminds me of like some cameo type shit. Oh, man. Well, before we go, let's have one more topic. Music once again. Your favorite rapper of all time, Jay-Z, blessed the world with another feature on Pusha T's. Oh, yeah. Black Album was a classic, too, when it came out. I don't think so, but hey. Yeah, right, nigga. Everybody was playing Black Album, please. Not in my area. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, go ahead, continue. Kwasi gave me his copy of the Black Album because he said the album was whack. That's how. That's I because y'all were weird Nas fans back then. Shout out to Kwasi. But y'all were like... I like Jay-Z the Black Album, but I don't think it's a classic. Maybe it's a classic if he doesn't come back and rap, but I don't know. That album... It's good, but it's like a couple songs. I don't like it. Like, that was a big moment. I remember when that album yeah, dropped. Yeah, it was, was a big a- moment because people thought he was going to retire in the movie. Like, it was great marketing. That's what I'm saying. That's what something that you would call a classic, it needs. It had the marketing of a movie. It had the even the S. Carter mixtape before that. Like, it was great promotion. So, yeah, if you think it's a classic because it did have a big moment, it was a movie and an album. It was the two things he was selling at the same time. And his S. Carter sneakers, like he had a big marketing plan around his music to sell these things. And it worked like the Black Album. It's a very good album. Is it a classic? Not for me, but hey, I've been told my whole life my standards are too high. So maybe that's what it is. It's like a couple songs like. This album is dope, but I don't like um, Dirt Off Your Shoulder. I don't like Change big, Clothes. Those are both big songs, man. Yeah, I know they're popular. I, I don't, don't play Dirt Off Your Shoulder either, though, but it's a big song. Yeah, I don't play Moment of Clarity. I like Moment of Clarity. I love that song. I don't play Justify My Thug. Like, yeah, I don't listen to it. Yeah, it's a good album. I wouldn't call it a classic, but if someone says it is, I get it, because it was a big moment in rap. Cause that movie was big. The Fate of Black movie is better than the album to me. Watching him make the album was more fun than actually listening to the album. But that's just me, cause I'm not a Jay Z fan. Hmm. I love Threat. You already know that's my jam. Yeah, that's your shit. But um, Pusha T, Jay Z, neck and wrist. And you you said it well. When we're texting, you said this is Doorman 2.0, right? It is. 
the sound of chord like this. Yeah, yeah like it I, is dormant. This is the Pharrell I want. I don't need that uh Nego Pharrell, no disrespect. Um this right here. And the beat was so tight, uh Pusha T couldn't do his um behold with whom I shall do this and all that fuck shit he be doing on his, his other dungeon song. reps. Yeah, his dungeon like with the skull in your hand with like a crow on your shoulder wraps he like you know the raps he does where he raps like he's riding with the feather that you dip yeah in. how he has to behoove someone yeah he behooves and all that shit he had to like have some pizzazz and some flair and some personality on this and of course he was with the big homie on it you know yeah and that's why i think he had to switch it up because when you're rapping with jay-z you can't stunt more than him you can't flex more than him because you don't have money like him and you haven't accomplished the things you have that he has so you have to switch up your style so that's why i think he went with the swag approach and if he does too good jay-z might not get on it yeah he does always say i send him the beat with my verse on it so he knows what i'm doing so he can you know because you know i have a theory jay-z was was he was a little worried about those boys those i think he was too that's why he never rapped with no malice yeah, he didn't want. Yeah, and he waited. He waited almost a decade to rap with Pusha T. He said, "All right, you're kind of washed now. I'm coming." I, I love how Pusha T is. Um, and Pusha T, you're not washed. I just mean by like, from what you was doing on Lord Willing, Hell Hath No Fury. The scary. So we got it for cheap mixtapes. Yeah, a lot of niggas wouldn't want to rap with you. Like Little Wayne was scared to diss you publicly, and he was saying he was the best rapper alive. Like. A lot of niggas was avoiding those brothers. They were well. Dangerous. The real niggas like Jadakiss and Styles wasn't avoiding them. Yeah, because they're rap. They're real rappers. They rap with anybody. Like they said, hey, we rap with Biggie. <laughs> what do you mean? We we were on Clue tapes with Biggie. He wanted to rap with us. And yeah, Fabulous got on it. Fabulous got on. Um, yeah, Lord, but he's on uh, Comedy Lord. Central. Come on, man, that don't count. <laughs> I love that song. Beat. Oh my god, I love that song. But it's um, cool. they do their thing. Fab goes off. Then, I, I do like that song. That beat is sick. And then um, Cameron was supposed to be on that album, but he slept on it and he regretted it, and that's why we got him on Popular Demand, which I love his verse too. Damn, damn. Shorty, good down to the cuticles. Um, damn, <laughs> what's your name? Beautiful, like damn. Yeah, I he does his thing on it. Yeah. But um, this song neck and wrist the beat is crazy um you know i feel like well i love well i almost dumbfoundedly said um i feel like pusha t almost wasn't rapping about drugs that much but what <laughs> i don't know i feel like he toned it down a little bit but i love when he said uh the colgate kilo the hood needs whitening yeah come on and they fish scale like they're pisces yeah that's good but i my favorite shit on this song is when Jay-Z was talking to Dan. Uh, nah, he was talking to Faison Love. No, nah, he was talking to Dan when he said, they like, if Big was alive, Hove wouldn't be in this position. If Big had, had to survive, y'all would have got the commission. Hove gonna always be Hove. It, it, if twice the universe will cause... Uh, hmm, this is reads like he's Floyd Mayweather. Hey man, he said twice. That that threw me off. Anyway, he was saying if the universe had his will, because Allah said so. But yeah, um, I mean, yeah, that's a good thing to say, but we know it's not true. Yeah, twice threw me off. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's talking to Dan because Dan um 
our whole lives has always talked about how much Jay-Z wouldn't be Jay-Z if Biggie was still alive. And even though him and Jay-Z go, him and Biggie go off on Brooklyn's Finest and Jay-Z does pretty well on that song. But, you know, Dan is more- Wasn't making hits though. That's the point. Jay-Z was not making hits when Biggie was alive. His first hit was Hard Knock Life. Was Jay-Z, that's the thing. Jay-Z was, yeah, he was always going to be Jay-Z. He was great. He actually inspired Biggie. We didn't get the best form of Biggie until Jay-Z became his friend. So yes, Jay-Z was special. He is considered by many to be the greatest of all time. And I understand why. He has the longevity, the peak performance, the consistency. He's done things most rappers 99 basically the only rapper who has gotten even close to all of his success in music and outside of music is Kanye and Kanye's his son so he can always say like boy you're my son literally so yeah Jay-Z is the king of rap he is the president of rap he is the face of rap Biggie is better than him but Biggie didn't become better until Jay-Z taught him because I think it was Clark Kent, you know, he always talks about how he said Biggie is the best rapper, Jay-Z's the best MC. Biggie says stuff the tightest ways and Jay-Z says the tightest stuff, which makes sense. And Jay-Z wrote in his head and that inspired everybody to write in their head. Biggie was like, hold on, this nigga don't write raps? Nigga, I'm not going to write raps. So Biggie started writing in his head. So if you listen to the quality of rapping Biggie did from Ready to Die to Life After Death, a lot of that was him getting older and him being inspired by Jay-Z to write in his head. So yes, if Biggie didn't die, was Jay-Z still going to be a superstar all-time great? Yes. Yes. How do you do the Marv Alberts? Yes. But, but, would he, but would he be considered the GOAT if Biggie was still there? I don't know. That's the difference. Like he said, if Biggie would have survived, you would have gotten the commission, but it would have always looked like, yo, this is Biggie's man. Even though Jay-Z is older than uh, Biggie in the game, Biggie was the older. He was the veteran. So that dynamic, it would have been interesting to see how it played out as they got older because Big uh, Dame Dash said that Biggie owed Puffy three more albums. He was trying to make a triple album, his last album, so that he could go sign a Rockefeller. I don't know about that, because that would have been weird. Like, huh? Biggie, you're a boss, but you signed a Jay-Z's label. Who knows what would have happened? But yeah, Jay-Z would have been a great, but would he have been the nigga, the face of rap if Biggie was still alive? I don't think so. But that's just wasn't, me, because Biggie is- Wasn't better. Biggie about to do an album with Fat Joe? I mean, that's what Fat Joe said. I don't believe it. Hmm. There's a lot of stuff you can say. You when, think Fat Joe is happy that he got to wear a suit on camera with Rick Ross and they were both fat wearing suits? <laughs> I guess, man. When you're a big brother, you need to have a big suit partner. And shout out. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the white <laughs> man keeping chopper suits alive. We see you, Justin Bieber. And what's the, yeah, if y'all... the new Batman, Robert Pattinson or something? He had a big suit on. If y'all want to know what a chopper suit is, just look at what Justin Bieber wore at the Grammys. That's, I mean, y'all should know what a chopper suit is, but that's yeah. a chopper suit. That's the, that's the feeling we're trying to restore, man. Big suits. But yeah, that was a classic uh, 
uh, music video scene when uh, Rick Ross and um, Fat Joe both had their suits on. And Fat Joe kept trying to keep up with Rick Ross. He was flossing him a little bit too much. So don't get it twisted. Was it that video? It was that video. I'm watching that video after this. That video has too much shit going on in it. <laughs> Why was T.R. rapping so fast? I forgot what he said. Because I think he had to hurry up. They didn't give him that much space. Wasn't yeah, Dre what, had to go again too? Wasn't Dre on it? Uh, he might cool and Dre. Niggas on that joint. Remember they used to let Dre rap a lot. Yeah, he was supposed to be there. Pharrell, it didn't work. I liked when he rapped. I like Cool and Dre. The cool song. Shout out to Cool and Dre. I like Cool and I like Cool and Dre. They yeah, were they cool. still make beats. They still doing their thing. Shout out Cool and Dre. And I'm not gonna lie, the guy who's in jail, he killed his verse. I'm not even gonna say his name. Oh yeah, well. <laughs> Order more bottles and we got more bottles. Yeah, yeah. he was stupid bitch. I'm famous. I be drilling. Oh, I can't even say that word. <laughs> he was drilling what? And I'm not gonna lie. Um, dang, I can't even say it. I'm not even gonna say it. <laughs> hey man, but Joe. there's one song that when I hear it, man, I can't lie. Yeah, man. I'm not going to say combos. it. Yeah, don't say it, man. We out, man. Chopping some combos. <laughs> <laughs> they just know that Lil' Kim's in the video. So Shout out, Lil' Kim. I love you, girl. We out. Shout out to Queen B.